Okay, so this for bringing <coughs> is from Pasha's Paratosh Memtes. Let's go with Memtes. It's known the halacha in Shulchan Arach, the Kodak Jewish law, that hearing Pasha's Para, the Torah portion of the red heifer, is a biblical obligation, just like hearing the Torah portion about remembering Amalek. And therefore, um, people who live in villages, which do not have a minion, they should come to a place where they do have a minion on these Shabbosim, or to read in order to hear these Torah portions, which are biblical. And we see the Jewish custom. People are very excited to go to Shul, Pasha Zachar, to hear Pasha Zachar, and so to Pasha's Para, to go to Shul. People don't usually go to Shul, there's a whole excitement on Pasha's Para. So it's understood that in addition to the actual obligation to hear, to hear the Torah portion, there's also a special emphasis in the Shabbos of Pashas Para more than in other Shabbos where there's no biblical obligation to hear the Torah portion. So there's more of an obligation this Shabbos that a Jew should not just hear it, but also learn from it. In other words, just like we see people are so into hearing it, so there must be also more of an emphasis on internalizing it and making it part of you. So there's something unusual about Parshas Para, which needs to be explained. It needs to be explained. The ashes of the Para Aduma, which were accumulated through the burning of the red heifer, it was divided into three parts. It says in the Mishnah, and the Rambam says this is the Halacha. One section of this, of the ashes, was used for uh, all of the Koinim, to uh, purify themselves. Uh, one was used for all the Jewish people for, um, for, uh, to purify themselves. And there was one that was just hidden as a Lubishmeris. Torah says you should, one should be guarded. And what, what was the point of the one that was guarded? That was used in order to uh, create the next red heifer. So when the when they would need to make another red heifer, so they would go to that section of the ashes um, and use that 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 that, that group of um, that that um, section that part to purify the high priest who needed to um, create the next red heifer. And the Maimonides continues and says that we've had nine paradumas so far. From the first tem- from the, when Hashem commanded us to do this mitzvah until the end of the second temple, Moshe made the first, Ezra made the second, seven were made from Ezra until the sh- destruction of the base of and the tenth will be made by Mashiach, may he be redeemed, re- revealed speedily in our days, Amen. That, that's the words of the Ramah. So you to understand the reason for the anomaly we find in the midst of the red heifer. The mitzvah is not only in using the ashes when you need to, to purify a person who has become impure. That's the part that was used for the Jewish people to purify themselves. That's the part that was used by the Kohanim to purify themselves. So that was the main role, it seems, of what the ashes was meant to do. But there's also another part that was that was guarded for generations. We don't find a similar thing by other laws of the Torah, by other laws of purity, that um, 
when there is a question and when things are and it's discovered that something is impure, so the court or the Kohen uh, ascertains whether or not the person is pure or not, and then the, then they go and we rectify the situation, we try to purify the person. The, um, the section that was put to be guarded um, doesn't only include um, the part that was put in the area in the base of English was called the chel that was that was guarded there, but all of the um, ashes that were kept to purify anyone who had touched a dead body um, the, the midst of the, of the red heifer is to have ashes ready to purify anyone who is impure so it, it seems that the main time you need to um, uh, take care of the situation. In other words, in other, in other laws of the Torah, what we do is, let's first hear what the situation is, and let's, uh, then let's try to take care of it. Here it seems that there's, we, we're preempting the situation, and we're having these ashes there so that people uh, should be ready f- to have the ashes to purify themselves. Besides the fact that we have a section that's, that's put aside the, for the next red heifer, there is an obligation to have ashes there to purify anybody whenever they need it. So this is an unusual thing. We don't find this in other parts of the Torah that you have to prepare for this situation. Um, in the Rapsadi Goyen's writings, um, he uses the expression, He says that this is a major component of the paraduma that has to be guarded. The ashes have to be kept. So it's not about just using them when they're needed or, or to respond to impurity and to know how to do it. It's about being prepared in advance. So, but, and that seems to be the main mitzvah, according to Rabbi Tzad Yigoyim. So how could we say that's the main mitzvah when it would seem the opposite? The main part of the paradigm is, is to purify a person who's become impure. It's not about guarding it, safekeeping it, Preempting a uh, situation where something's impure. Why, why do we? Why is a paraduma unique in that there is a, there is a, um, there's there is a uh, ashes that are kept to prepare for a situation when someone's impure. What, what, what does that mean? Understand this by first explaining why the Torah introduces this mitzvah with the words. This is the law of the Torah. I mean, think about it. If a non-Jew asked you, "Hey, Yisrael, describe to me your your Judaism." If you talk to them till you're blue in the face, how long would it take you to get to the red heifer? You know, that, that's, that's the whole Torah. And yet the Torah describes as, you want to know what the Torah is? The Torah is, this is the law of the Torah. Why is this the law of the Torah? So there's two parts of the red heifer. One is burning the ashes, and the other is to, to pour the water. You, put the, um, you mix the ashes with the water, and, uh, and then you use those ashes mixed with water to um, purify someone who has become impure. These two ideas, the burning the red heifer and the water, the ashes and the water, represent the two um, ways to serve Hashem. There is what's called ratzui, yearning to, to serve Hashem, and there is called shuv. Shuv means to retract and to focus about what Hashem is ask, actually asking you to do. Burning the red heifer is through fire. That's the of yearning. It's just like fire ascends. So fire is about 
us yearning to be closer to Hashem. And water, which descends on like fire, um, that represents the, uh, the obligation that we have to focus not on, what we, on, on our yearning to be closer to Hashem, but what Hashem wants us to do. That's the idea of the water. So in order to be pure, you have to have a connection of both things. You have to have both fire and water. You have to have yearning to be close to Hashem. And you also have to have water. You have to have obedience to what Hashem is asking you to do. So now we can understand why this is called the whole Torah, because all of Torah Mitzvah has these two, two components in it. Hashem asks us, when he, when he asks us to keep his Torah and Mitzvah, he asks us to do these two things, and not just to do these two things respectively, but to do these two things in a way that they complement each other. Hashem says the Jew has to raise himself out of his physical circumstances through yearning to be close to Hashem. There should be a constant fire in the altar that should never be put out, which represents spiritually that a Jew has to daven three times a day instead of the sacrifices, instead of there being a fire in the altar ready to offer sacrifices. Hashem says there has to be a fire in you. You're, you're, his, you're his temple. And He wants each of us to be his ta- to have fire in us, to have a constant yearning. To constantly re- rekindle that, and the fire should always be burning. On the other hand, Yahshua also wants us to bring down His holiness, like water descends from on high to bel- water descends. So Hashem wants us to bring His holiness and godliness in our lives. In general, this is achieved through studying Torah and doing mitzvahs, which bring Hashem's holiness in the, in the world. So we have to have our fire, our prayers, we have to have our mitzvahs, studying Torah and doing, and doing mitzvahs fit with physical things. In mitzvahs themselves, there are also positive mitzvahs, which are about going down and doing something. Then there is negative mitzvahs, which are about abstaining and going away from things. That's like, kind of like the fire element, yearning, going away. And even in the parts of our day which are mundane, the Torah describes them as your deeds and your ways, um, there is also in that arena, in our ways, in our deeds, our own things, where Hashem tells us to do things for the sake of heaven, do all, all your actions to be the sake, for the sake of heaven, all your ways, you should know them. So in, in that arena, where in the mundane, so there's also an element of fire and water. We have to be careful that the mundane things we, that we have should not be used, God forbid, just to satisfy our desires, or just without any intent whatsoever. And by thereby getting more in touch with um, with 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 chumrius, with becoming more and more coarse, so we have to separate ourselves from things in the world, and instead we have to bring kedusha, holiness, into the mundane, that they should be used for the sake of heaven or more. They should we should know Hashem and the physical things themselves. So we have also mundane things in our life. We also have an element of fire and water. We have to abstain from things which are unnecessary and, and, and on the contrary, use the things that Hashem gives us for a holy purpose. So, the highest level of serving Hashem is where you, when you mix together the fire and the water until they become one. Like Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, when all other sages were, went on this trip to heaven to learn the secrets of the Torah and all of them came back from the trip uh, unhealthy. Only Rabbi Akiva, the Torah says, he went in with peace, he, went, he left with peace. So, the question is, all of them went in with peace. They all were, they all were healthy before they went on this, this spiritual expedition. They all went into the garden healthy. 
Why does it say Rabbi Kiva went in with peace? The answer is that Rabbi Kiva's approach to why he wanted to go into the garden, why he wanted to explore the secrets of the Torah, was for the purpose of peace. His purpose was to bring Hashem's holiness in the world. It wasn't about him satisfying his desire to be closer to Hashem. Rather, his whole intent in going into the garden in the first place was to, to bring it down. So there was another part of the, uh, this, this, this group that went into the garden was Benazai. Benazai, he just wanted to be closer and closer and closer to Hashem. So what happened to Benazai? Uh, I think Benazai passed away, right? When Zayim became crazy. So, uh, so Rakiva, he went in with peace. He went in, and I know Hashem wants me to go here because there's something here I have to bring back to accomplish. So there should be peace, there should be connect holiness to the physical world. On the other hand, even after a person leaves the garden, that's Rakiva's trip to his garden, but also each of us have to have our, we said before, we have to daven, right? And we have to have times when we, we, instead of yearning for Hashem, we have to have times when we're going up there. The time, times when we're, when we're singing that nigan and we're trying to get closer and we're trying to, like, you know, let go completely. How, on the other hand, after you finish that, you still are supposed to have the ashes on the, on the water, to see the ashes in the water. That means there has to be, um, yet, yet, oh, you, you have to, it has to be noticeable that you are a guy who has that yearning. Even though right now you're focused on the nitty-gritty, it should be noticeable in you, in your... Uh, I, remember I, just have this, I just had this memory of Rapinia Korifel, standing online to the cleaners. He's standing online like everybody else, but I could tell this guy's an alien from outer space. Like, he's standing online, <laughs> Kingston Avenue, Friday morning, like everybody else is rushing. But this guy, you could see, he's just, he, just, he, just, he had a fiery heart, and he was, he was in touch with something else. Okay, so that's the idea of of, of, of having the ashes on, on the water. That even when you're involved in the water, it should be noticeable that this is a Jew who has yearning. And more, Rebbe says, from time to time, um, a Jew has to um, enter into the garden. Enter into the garden. Learn the secrets of the Torah. Um, that, that, that's, that's something that has to happen. So it's not just like Rabbi Kiva, but this is something which, which on our level we have to also, the soul needs to study all parts of the Torah. The Pshat and the Remes, Dush and Say, the word garden is acting for those four. That's also going to the, to the fourth part. Okay, so this is, is how we explain why the Paraduma is called the whole Torah, because all Torah Mitzvah has in it these two components of fire and water. There is the practicality of each Mitzvah, and there is the fire and the yearning of, of every Mitzvah. This fits in with the simple meaning of the, of the uh, paraduma, which is about purification from touching a dead body. How does, connect with the physical, how does it connect with the simple meaning of the paraduma? The general way of serving Hashem in Torah in this world, in this physical world, ha- is connected to, being, to purifying yourself from a dead body spiritually which is tshuva. Tshuva means to purify yourself from the impurity of the world, the opposite of, of purity in the world, which, com- which came to the world through the sin of the tree of knowledge, and to purify yourself from the unholy things in the world which are against Hashem, and the, and the unholy forces in the world are called dead. Especially sins are called death, because 
It says, as we said before, we're going to read the Torah today. You who cleave to Hashem are alive. So separating yourself through, to, from Hashem through a sin is called death. So, so uh, it's understood that there are different kinds of sins, how they affect different ways, different, different, different parts of our connection to Hashem. Each sin has different, unfortunately, a different way that it severs our bond with Hashem. And there could be the lowest level where a person has become in the category of a dead person. He's totally, um, he's in the lowest of levels. And that's the novelty that's achieved through the red heifer, through the law of the Torah, that there has to be fire and water. The way to rekindle the Jew's service of Hashem, he has to, in order to purify himself from being in the state of of, uh, death, he has to have fire and water. He has to have both elements. Yearning and focusing on what Hashem wants. Now can understand why this mitzvah uniquely has its obligation to have part of it put aside for, to preempt the situation where someone becomes impure. Abbas Yisrael, and more Achtas Yisrael. Achtas Yisrael means not just we love each other, but that we feel we're one. The famous story of Ari Levin, Al-Vashom, who uh, he took his wife to the doctor once. He told her, the doctor, my wife's leg is hurting us. That's Achtas. Achtas means that we're one. Our leg is hurting us. Yeah, our leg is hurting us. Okay. Thank you. So, Achdes Yisrael is a major principle in Torah. Not in memoir, it says this is the entire Torah. And it says in Tanya, the foundation of all of Torah is, is to The whole Torah is about looking at the soul being more important than the body. Which is the theme of Achdes because you can't love someone if, if you're focused on the physical. To love someone really is looking, looking at their, who they really are spiritually. They have, your brother, they have a neshama comes from Hashem. And that's why every morning before we pray, we say, I accept upon myself the mitzvah of loving your fellow like yourself. And therefore, when you're involved in this thing of the red heifer, of purifying yourself, of the whole Torah, of fire and water, this has to be permeated with a sense of Abbas Yisrael. So this becomes a major component of the red heifer. That part of the ashes, and part of the ashes of every red heifer, is put aside as for all the Jewish people for all generations. It, it, as part of your Jew, this is the whole Torah. So part of your Jewish experience is that it, it, should, it should be for all the future uh, uh, generations. That there should be Kohanim who are able to use this uh, red heifer to, when, when they need to sanctify Jews in the next generation. Um, so, in other words, what this means spiritually is that you're interested that all Jewish people should have the power to do tshuva. They should have the power to leave a situation where they feel like spiritually dead. And how it's achieved, again, through fire and water, through yearning, and through focusing what Hashem wants us to do. That, that's a big part. So that, that's why this is, uh, 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 that's why this mitzvah uniquely has this component, because this, this mitzvah is about the whole Torah. So it's understood that the love that we need to have for each other, um, the different levels in this. Even when we're talking about a Jew who became impure with a, he became impure by touching a dead body 
in the most severe way spiritually. As the Torah says about Moshe Rabbeinu, that when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu about this kind of impurity, Moshe Rabbeinu's face turned dark. And he said to Hashem, how is it possible that someone who has done this can ever become pure again? So not only do we have to be involved in purifying this person, but more, this, this mitzvah of making the red heifer has unique, is a unique effort that's made to the, in this mitzvah, unique laws that this mitzvah has and no other mitzvah has. So in other words, not only do we have to do this, but this is something that, like, there's a whole production. In other words, there's no other mitzvah which has a whole production. It, 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 I mean, I'm thinking of, like, a matzah bakery. And making the red heifer is like a whole matzah bakery thing. It's, it's a whole big, there's all kinds of rules that the no other law the Torah has, which tells us that when we talk about loving your fellow Jew, you might think about, well, this person, in your mind, he's canceled from this equation. He's not, he's not, obliga- he's not obligated to take care of this guy. That says, on the contrary, the guy you think is canceled, the, the one who's impure, and to, to the extent that you call him that he's spiritually dead, that's the guy that you have to make the whole production for. And more, your purity, your tshuva, is connected with the purity of all the Jewish people, of all generations. In other words, your ashes are connected with the ashes which are preserved for all the Jewish people. So that means that your tshuva is also connected with all the Jewish people. You're you're not just trying to do your own tshuva. Even when you're involved in doing your own tshuva, you're just putting your own ashes on your your body to make yourself pure. That part of that is is thinking about all the Jewish people. And on the contrary, it continues. It's specifically... In the situation where someone has become in this lowest of, of levels, um, that they're able to achieve the highest level of impurity through the red heifer, as we shall see soon. Um, so 